gathered the data. It revealed a scientific truth. When you experience love in any form, love for another, for yourself, for spirit, or something greater than yourself, you are healing your body. Why? Because love takes you out of the state of resistance that causes stress, the stress that lays the groundwork for disease. With love, you experience less stress and fear every day. Of course, you should see your doctor when you are concerned about your health. But with less stress and fear, you can be happier and healthier for the rest of your life. So how can you bring the healing powers of love into your life? The love response will show you step-by-step, easy-to-use techniques that will keep you on a path to long-term wellness and well-being each and every day. The love response. The love response gives you the tools to heal your body from the ravages of stress and fear that most everyone constantly endures. It shows you how to build a life based on love in all its forms and how to change your thoughts and feelings of dread and pain to relief and joy in moments. Each person has physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual strengths, as well as weaknesses. Health is not an end result, but a lifelong process of discovering how to support your strengths and coverage your weaknesses as opportunities for growth. The love response gives you the tools for this process so you can tune into your instincts in your own way, on your own timeline, and in harmony with your individual needs, goals, and motivations. The love response enables you to build a life that reflects who you really are, a being meant to live in the dynamics of love, with bodies that can heal disease and sustain a lifetime of health. My Story Long before Maya was born, however, the pieces of the love response puzzle began to reveal themselves to me. Indeed, I learned the power of the love response through personal experience. I was my own first patient. At age 28, I was a doctor on my way to specializing in pulmonary medicine. Then, in literally one moment, everything in my life changed forever. On a beautiful June day, just weeks away from completing my second year of residency, I had been working for 20 hours straight in a Boston hospital's intensive care unit, ICU. All ten ICU beds were occupied by gravely ill patients. At 2 a.m., exhausted, two interns and I shuffled to the call room. I had just dozed off when the emergency buzzer wakened me. A patient's central IV line had fallen out and needed replacing. Being superwoman, I let the intern sleep and went to handle the problem myself. I made my way to the comatose patient's bedside and located the errant IV line. I had just managed to insert the IV needle into the patient's vein when suddenly, without any warning, he began coughing and bucking. The needle slipped out and punctured my finger, right through my glove, exposing me to the blood of a patient who had full-blown AIDS and hepatitis C. My mind raced in a panic. Oh, God, I've been stuck. Look at all this blood. I have to wash it off. If only I could cut my finger off now. Should I tell someone? I don't want to tell anyone. I feel like a fool, like a failure. How stupid. What will people say? What will they think? They'll think that I'm not good enough to be doing these procedures. Maybe if I squeeze hard enough, all the blood will come out. If only I could chop this finger off, keep rinsing, get some ammonia, alcohol, something. Should I tell someone? I need to tell someone who. I don't think I'll be able to get through this alone. Before this moment, I had never experienced the threat of a real illness, either physical or psychological, 
that I could not handle on my own. I prided myself on being robust, self-sufficient, motivated, and capable. Like many women, I strove for perfection. To be anything less was not good enough, and would mean that I wasn't good enough. Asking for help was not part of the agreement I made with myself. Asking for help would imply weakness, vulnerability, shame. Now, in seconds, all those presumptions crumbled. I met my mortality face to face, and everything that I had been striving toward became irrelevant and obsolete. For the first time in my life, I felt completely out of control of my body and health. I needed to ask for help. In one stroke, I felt like a victim. I did tell someone. I did seek help. That night, I consulted with an infectious disease physician about the HIV needle stick. High-risk exposure was all I heard. To my mind, this meant I was going to die.